0: Today on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, it said the word day a lot, might be one of our final grade-the-trade days of the 2017 season as the deadlines are approaching. We welcome you to the show. This is the Wednesday show. It's hump day, and we're going to get you over the hump with, get ready for this, a Michael Jackson-themed fantasy baseball podcast. Who's pumped? Sure. Right? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. We have three segments that are Michael Jackson themed. I won't tell you all of them now, but one of them is beat it. And that would be about players we might be willing to drop right now. So that Obviously. makes sense. Right. Makes sense. Um, and Buffalo Wild Wings makes sense. Sports trades are scary. One person can be replaced by another. In exchange for money, you're given away for a hypothetical future person. And once they leave your team, you can't like them anymore, even if you have their jersey, which you can't wear anymore. Except at b Dubs. They won't judge, but others might. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings Beer Sports. Oh, good morning, guys. Fill in the blank for me, if you would. Evan Longoria is the number blank third baseman in points leagues and number blank in roto, Evan Longoria.
1: Hmm. I will go with number 13 in points leagues and 14 in roto.
2: I believe he is seventh in points, and I will say eighth
0: in roto. Okay, I think Chris cheated. He is seventh in points. That is I was true. looking it up this morning. <laughs> he's, uh, he's eleventh in roto. Okay. But, man, what? Yeah? I mean, seven, Evan Longoria, he, he hit for the cycle yesterday. He hasn't had that good of a year. What right he's does like, he have to be seventh in points?
2: He's like a point and a half ahead of Mike Mostakis, I think. Really? Um, and I don't think anybody – like, Mike Moustakis is having a good year, but I don't think mm-hmm. we've ever had him in our top 12.
0: Um, and I think that's probably the same for Evan Longoria. Well, Moustakis so, is a, is a lot better in Roto. Moustakis is a number 32 oh – I't no, number – yeah, number 32 overall player in Roto, and Longoria is 64th.
2: So yeah. what
1: but, is Longoria getting in points leagues? Like? So doubles. Doubles. Because doubles. it's not like he's a great plate discipline guy. Yep. Pretty average as far as that goes. He's
0: eleven more doubles than Mustakas, and Mustakas has seventeen walks this year.
1: How many more home runs does Mustakas have than? Probably ten. 10? Thirteen.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Thirteen.
1: He has thirteen
0: more home runs yeah. than Longoria. Thirty to seventeen. He's at thirty, Mustakas. He's at thirty already. Yeah, he's one of the leaders. He's going to set the Royals' record.
1: I well, I knew he was one of the leaders, but already to thirty. Wow, that man. Hmm. Yeah, I'd rather have Moustakis. I mean, there's nothing like Evan Longoria is one of those hitters who if you're starting him, it's not a real problem. But he's not the one setting you apart. I'm, I'm sure the fact he's hitting 355 over his last 24 games has something to do with where he ranks among third basemen. He's just one of the hotter ones right now. So among that cluster, he's moved
2: toward the front.
0: Is it's Longoria, been a weird
2: season at third base.
0: Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been a great year. Is Longoria a jag? Just the guy? He's maybe a little bit
2: above that, but I, I think that's probably. like He ranks higher in Roto at third base than Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado, Justin Turner. I don't think there's any question. He's ranked higher than Matt Carpenter, but I don't think there's any question. You'd rather have all of those guys ahead of him. And there are just various reasons. Manny Machado's been... A little bit unlucky. Justin Turner missed some time. Matt Carpenter has been up and down. But,
0: like, you'd definitely rather have those guys than Evan Longoria. Okay. Yeah. You know, I probably could have done a, a it ain't too much for me to jag segment for Michael Jackson. But I didn't do that. Regrets. Regrets. Uh, yeah, so listen. Ozzie Albies is up. Lucas Sims is up. But Keon Broxton's up. Bad news for Lewis Brinston. Byron Buxton's back. We'll talk about all that stuff. We'll talk about Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger, the uh, Rookie of the Year candidates and what they've been doing lately. Bellinger with a good game yesterday. A lot to get to today. And your email's at at cbsi.com, and we'll get to uh, today's matchups also at the end of the show. Gray the Trade will be at the end of the show. Let's go to the call-ups, and Ozzie Albies, second baseman for Atlanta, he... Uh, Started at second base yesterday. Albie's is thirty percent owned. He played second base, went zero for two with a walk and a run. Is Ozzy? And they also called up Lucas Sims, who started and and threw three uh, six innings of three run ball with three strikeouts against the Dodgers. Is Ozzy Albie's going to give you anything other than steals this year, guys? Dun it, dun it, (laughs) dun it, (laughs) dun it. Steals,
2: (laughs) steals, steals. Uh, Yeah, that, w- that would be what I would expect from him. He kind of has a bit of a Francisco Lindor profile in the minors. His numbers are just okay. Nine home runs this season, eight triples, 21 steals. Uh Hit 285, but not the best uh strikeout rate for a guy who doesn't have a lot of power. But he's not even 21 yet. He won't be yeah. 21 until next January. He's the youngest player
1: in baseball. He's like the first... First ever major leaguer born in 1997, so, God. The, and, and this like yeah the power numbers haven't been very good for the minors. I don't know that you know, he doesn't uh, he doesn't profile as a power hitter. But but I think in today's environment when you have the kind of uh, hitting skills that Ozzy Albie's has always been a very good contact hitter. You know it, this isn't this isn't like this isn't like a, a Jorge Mateo prospect we were talking about yesterday where he's just strictly a burner uh this is a guy who's hit for an average throughout his a high average throughout his minor league career and over his last 45 games in the minors or 46 games rather he had nine doubles five triples seven homers slugged 508 with like a 203 iso so considering his youth and the the just the base hitting talent he has entering what's now an extremely hitter friendly environment, more so than A. Like, I don't know that he'll be just steals. That's all I would really count on from him. But, you know, if, if he, if he gets off to a really good start here, I think he's going to be must add everywhere.
0: Is Ozzy Albies going to give you, we got about, about 58, 60 games. I don't know. Something like that left. Will you get 15 steals from Albies? That's probably on the high side. Yeah, I'd take the under. Okay. All right, and uh, do you care about Lucas Sims? Starting pitcher for the Braves, again, six innings, three runs, three strikeouts against the Dodgers in his major league debut last night, 12% owned. I mean, he's not the talent
1: Albies is, but he did have a very high strikeout rate at AAA, was a former first-round pick who had some serious control issues last year and corrected those this year, did allow a lot of home runs at AAA, and and, uh, I think... Allowed the one in his major league debut. Obviously quality start in major league debut is a good thing, but, uh, he'll need, he'll need to maintain that high strikeout rate from AAA, uh, with, with some of the vulnerability he has to home runs to really factor in fantasy. So I'm not rushing out to add him, but he's definitely on the radar.
0: Lucas Sims. Here are some other call-ups. Tell me if you care about them. Detroit recalled first baseman John Hicks who homered yesterday. John Hicks.
1: I do not care except in AL only leagues. Cincinnati, really uh,
0: sorry, Cincinnati recalled Jesse Winker uh with Scott Shebler on the DL with a shoulder strain and he homered and was robbed actually of a second homer yesterday, Jesse Winker.
1: Which is fun because he had two home runs at AAA this year. <laughs> and he nearly <laughs> yeah. like I get the, I get the sense with Jesse Winker because I, I think he maybe had a 15-homer season in the minors once, but he's one of those prospects who great plate discipline, great hitting skills. They keep saying, oh, the power is eventually going to develop, and if anything, it's gotten worse over the last couple years. I have a feeling he's going to be one of those players, though, who doesn't show his best as a power hitter until reaching the majors, and the fact he has five walks to two strikeouts already as a major leaguer, I think, no
2: hurry to Adam, but... Definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, he has seven home runs over his last 195 games in the minors. In 2015, he had 13 homers. In 2014, he had 15 in 74 games. Yeah, I mean, is there an explanation for why the Powers just disappeared like that? I looked into it
1: when I was you know, doing some of the preseason prospect mm-hmm. stuff because Winker's been on the the, the prospect you know been been in the prospect discussion for a while now and and it was weird the big drop in home runs i couldn't there was a wrist injury i think that wasn't mm-hmm. directly attributed to the to the the problem to the drop in home runs the fact that it continued into this year though makes me think it probably wasn't directly related i i honestly don't know but i mean his home runs yesterday or the the actual home run was to center field The near-home run was opposite way. It's it's pretty clear there's power here. I don't know why he wasn't hitting home runs in the minors, but I do expect him to hit more in the majors. Maybe not be like a 20-homer guy, but double digits with good plate discipline.
0: Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Could be a Christian Yelich type. We don't know what's going to happen when Scott Schebler comes back. But Jesse Winker, would you drop Lewis Brinson for him right now? I don't think so. I, I might just because is Lewis Brinson gonna play? They called
2: uh, Keon Broxton back up, right? Yeah, I think. yeah. I don't know, but
1: you know, Winker has playing time questions too. So, I, 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 think Lewis is the more talented player. Winker has to do more than hit one home run for me to prioritize him over Brent first name basis there, Scott.
2: Oh, well, he's a local boy.
0: You know, yeah. those <laughs> Princeton's Fort Lauderdale Lewis, kid. Scott like might have
2: uh, run into him at the grocery store.
0: I like it. All right, Ahmed Rosario batted seventh at Colorado. Jose Reyes sat. We actually didn't talk about that angle, but if you care, I mean, they didn't trade Cabrera or Walker or Reyes, so they've got a little bit of a surplus. Reyes yeah, sat Walker, yesterday. Walker's going to
2: play second and first. Uh I would assume Reyes, is he just going to play third? Third and second. Occasionally second, they said. Yeah, so I I would guess Rosario is probably the only everyday player in that group. Although, of course, uh, I'm blanking on the Mets manager's name, Terry Collins. Terry Terry Collins. we will have to learn a new name soon. As is his, uh, <laughs> as is his trend. I'm, I'm struggling
0: right mm-hmm. now. What's going on, works. Chris?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with my. I woke up extra early today, so maybe that's uh... it. I don't know. But either way. Uh, he started giving us some Michael Conforto hints yesterday that Ahmed Rosario will get some some time off as he adjusts to the major league schedule. Ah, so sounds like they're giving a little bit of runway potentially for the two days off randomly every week that they that Terry Collins seems to give every young player. <laughs>
1: Alrighty, I would still say Rosario is the most exciting of all these call ups. Yes. though, right? I mean, we talked about him a good bit yesterday. Yes, but. He's, he's he's the one you want. He's the only one I would say is really, for sure, mixed league
0: relevant. Out of Albies, Sims, Winker, John Hicks, Rosario. Byron Buxton's back. He's 32% owned. All he's going to do is steal, but he has 17 steals now. And as we mentioned, Milwaukee recalled Keon Broxton, and Lewis Brinson did sit yesterday. All right, getting into the Tuesday stuff, Tuesday standouts. And, and you know, I don't know if anybody saw the – Red Sox-Indians game. I only caught the ninth inning. Whoa. That was a thriller. That was, that was a really fun game. Yeah, thriller, you know. Okay, can game. we just home run or not? No, no. If, if you <laughs> fall into the bullpen, if you fall into home run territory, that should be a home run. So actually, yes, yes, that should be a home run. That's actually in the notes, Chris. I'm glad you brought that up. I don't get how that's a catch. Austin Jackson it's, it's a strange rule. Like he, he he goes flying into the bullpen, you know, makes an amazing catch, goes over the bullpen wall, which is pretty low. I'll give him that. But you end up in home run territory. Like that's a home run. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. So uh,
1: So forgive me cuz I didn't actually see the play, but he actually
2: cleared the fence. Yeah. And then caught it on the other side no, of the fence. It wasn't leaving no, and reaching caught over it, the fence. Caught it reaching over the fence. Landed with like his legs on the
0: fence, flipped over. Oh well, how's into that, foul how's that different
1: from robbing any other home run?
0: I thought well, you he were land he, because he, he landed in the bullpen. He ends up in the bullpen. I mean, the ball is in the bullpen, yeah, and the bullpen event. is home I mean, run. I'm territory. sure plenty
1: of other catches where you're leaping at the fence would send you over the wall if the wall was lower.
0: Right, but but you know what? A lot of fly balls would hit the wall, but it, at Fenway Park, the wall is low. They go into the bullpen. It's a home run. I if the
1: ball yeah, ends but he up caught it, he caught it. Before it landed on the other side of the fence. I don't actually
2: he, have
0: an opinion on this. I mean, you catch a ball at the one yard line and then you get hit and you fall into the end zone, it's a touchdown. You catch a ball at the wall, you fall into the bullpen, it should be a home run. Where did the ball that end is up? Apples to oranges, totally. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm hungry. Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger. Let's take a look at Judge first. 0 for 4 with a strikeout, a deep funk. Uh, the quote after the game yesterday from Aaron Judge, uh, quote, Chris Towers was wrong. The home run derby screwed me up. I regret ever participating, end quote. I don't know how he knew wow. about you, Chris. Really yeah. interesting. No, he hadn't cool. said anything about the derby. But since the All-Star break, Judge is batting 159 with four home runs. In 18 games, he does have 15 walks but 27 strikeouts. That is a pretty similar strikeout rate to what we saw last year when he batted 179 in 27 games with 42 strikeouts. He's batting 159 since the All-Star break in 18 games with a very similar K rate. The big difference is 9 walks in 27 games last year, 15 walks in 18 games since the All-Star break, not to mention an amazing first half. Uh, how concerned are you right now about Aaron Judge? Well, I, I posted on Twitter yesterday just saying that you know, he hit two thirty five with like an
2: eight forty o p s in the month of July, and there's at least a chance that that's who he is like I'm not yep. saying that is who he is, but we have to consider the possibility that within the wide range of outcomes that come with you know a six foot eight player who strikes out thirty plus percent of the time that he might be a two forty hitter but- I don't think it's any fairer to say. You know the low
1: the low month for Judge is actual Judge versus that's, the high month. I, yeah, I, I didn't say that.
2: Okay, I mean, like that yeah. seemed
1: to be what you were suggesting. No, no, no I said we have to take into account the possibility
2: that it's, uh, that. It's. What were you taking into account the possibility that he, what that was he his, could what be was his best month? Like right. He yeah, probably that's but that's, with, that's what I'm saying is that there's a wide range of outcomes and we're seeing the low end now. I think Aaron Judge is basically Giancarlo Stanton. Sure. And Carlos Stanton's like a 900 OPS bat. Yeah.
0: All right. And Cody Bellinger. Scott, did you trade Cody Bellinger? I know you traded him on June 25th. He hit two home runs that day. Did you trade him after the home runs or before? I traded him before the home runs. All right. Since that two-homer game, Cody Bellinger, this 28 games since Scott traded him. I guess like the day after Scott traded him. 247 with four home runs. 788 OPS, number 30 outfielder in points leagues, number 31 in roto in the last 28 games. Hit, uh, hit a home run last night though. So I thought that was interesting. You did a good job. You got Francisco Lindor, right? In a points yeah. League. How
1: was Francisco Lindor done during that stretch? What, well, what was the date that the starting point? June 25th. June
2: 25th. Although I think, right. I
0: think it's June 26th. Right? But I,
2: I think the point to take away from both Judge and Bellinger is, um, Okay, Judge is hitting 159 since the All-Star break. Obviously, that's not ideal. But even if Judge hits 240, he's still a very useful player. And I think that's the same thing with Cody Bellinger. I've got Cody Bellinger in one league where I'm using him as an
0: outfielder in a roto league, and I haven't really – there's been no point where I've thought about sitting him. Same, same. But, man, I really hope Aaron Judge is not a 240 hitter. Like, that would suck. I, I mean, don't, I don't think he is. I, he I think it's more like two sixty-two. He's gonna
2: strike out like 32% of the time. It's gonna be really hard for him to hit much better than like 260. Yeah. No,
1: it, it, well. Like he needs to I be mean like, he hits, a, the, he hits the ball. Right, but he needs to be like a three,
2: 350 Babip
0: guy to hit 270. I, yeah, I think he, I think he can be. I think he probably is. Um. um well, his, his Babip might be a little low because so many of his hits are home runs. Right? No, his Babip's still like 380. Or no, 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 no. I mean, I mean going forward. Yeah. A guy who hits a lot of home runs wouldn't have a great Babbitt because those don't count. Correct? Well,
1: but I I think, you know, both of these guys are, they strike out a ton. Most of their value is home runs, which, I mean, if, if you could, if you could, home, if you, like, home runs are going to be one of the more variable stats over the course of the season. Like, you're not yeah. you're not going to have a steady. You'll hit five in one week and go yeah. three weeks without one. So, uh, I mean, this is, this is, just comes with the territory. That's why, That's why it was easy to say sell high, uh, for both of these players because, you know, when they're when they're homering at a rate that would put them on an 80 homer pace, Mm -hmm. like duh, they're not going to sustain that. Duh. And usually this is how it corrects with a with a drastic, uh, it's drastic and 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 really frustrating. So, Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's anything wrong with either. I think both are still both Judge and Bellinger are still. High-end must-start fantasy players. You just you have to accept the you know the downslope along with the
2: they're the, the they're good both moments. they're both really good players. They're yeah. they're not as good as the thing is they they both had maybe their best runs right at the beginning of their careers or in Aaron Judge's case the real beginning of his career. We don't count last year, although we probably should. Um, we don't. And so it when that happens we haven't seen the worst of them and so it it skews your perceptions cuz maybe the best of them could be the baseline but it's probably not no the
0: well the best of no okay i get so, you
1: so during that same stretch Lindor has hit 318 with 3 homers 4 steals and an 833 ops
0: it's that's been a little good. better that's yeah. pretty good okay and i'm sure much better plate discipline also another standout from yesterday was Kenta Maeda, and scott talked about how The Darvish trade might make Maeda a loser. He openly admitted the trade got his attention, lit a fire under him a little bit, and he had one of his best starts of the year. Maeda did not give up a run, two hits in seven innings, only threw 94 pitches.
2: That's the annoying thing, Yeah, is that, like, okay, he got through seven innings on 94 pitches. He's not going to do that regularly, so if he's still only throwing 94
1: pitches... It was basically the same number of pitches he had been throwing in those
2: five-inning starts. Yeah, right. And so that's the... That's the thing is, like, typically a pitcher who throws a really, really good start like this, you'll leave him in for 105, 110 pitches, and he can get through the eighth, maybe pitch a complete game. If this is, like, the absolute best we're going to get from Kenta Maeda seven innings, I think he's worth owning. I think he's a very good pitcher. But I think there's real concerns about his ability to handle full workload. Man, this...
1: This sounds so much like Mike into to take before the season, doesn't it?
0: Yes. It does. Chris is
1: seeing the light.
0: Yeah, but you, well, but you were just like last week said you thought they were going to start turning Maeda loose and letting him pitch deeper into games.
2: Yeah. And that's well, my thing hope. is that that was my hope. Before the season, <laughs> my hope was that a year in the majors, a year pitching in a five man rotation would get him used to the workloads and instead he's Pitched in a five-man rotation like three times all year Yeah, let me Okay, let me try and sum it up this way Because there's what I
1: think should happen And what I want to happen Versus what's actually going to happen And that's Kenta Maeda, those two different positions Couldn't be more Opposite Like I feel like Kenta Maeda is one of Even when Clayton Kershaw is healthy Kenta Maeda is one of the Dodgers Four best pitchers, forget five but I don't know that they're going to see that that way. When McCarthy comes back, Kershaw comes back, they're still going to have Hyunjin Ryu around. It, and the fact that they've already bumped Maeda to the bullpen, that they're so careful with his innings. I'm still skeptical he's going to be the one who stays in the rotation. So I think he should. <laughs> but I question whether he will, even after this start. He's also skeptical, so <laughs> I don't blame you.
0: Uh, now, you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be skeptical, guys, about Harry's Razors. I've got a URL for every guy out there to remember. It's not hard. Harry's.com slash FBT. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash FBT. A great shave at a great price. And with the URL, basically a great shave for free. I'm telling you, I use my Harry's Razor when I shave. It's a high quality blade, a close, comfortable shave, and Harry's is so confident that you're gonna love their blades, they'll give you their trials shave set for free. When you sign up at Harry's.com slash FBT, all you have to pay for is shipping. Just a few bucks for shipping. Shipping, what are you getting with that? That's a $13 value. It includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover. This is a no-brainer! Harrys.com slash FBT. I bought three of these kits for Father's Day. I really did because I wanted other people to understand why I use Harry's razors. It's a great gift for yourself or for someone else. So, again, get your free trial set. Go to harrys.com slash FBT right now. That's harrys.com slash FBT. Ready for some hey real quick? Sure. Yes. Okay, let's do it real quick. Hey, real quick. I asked this one a few months ago, and we said Vado. Anthony Rizzo or Joey Votto? I think we're unanimous in Votto. Mm-hmm. When we did our
2: first two-round mock draft for next season, I think Votto went ninth or 10th, and
0: Rizzo went in, like, the 14-15 range. All right. Now, Chris, Anthony Rizzo's OPS is 9-16. Been right mm-hmm. around there four straight years, including this year. But over the last 67 games, it's nine ninety-one. So this is kind of... What I was talking about when I thought he was going to have a big hot streak to make Mm -hmm. up for being kind of bad for like five weeks. So now you think he's going to have like a 9-15
2: OPS the rest of the way? Like now that he's gotten that hot streak out, we can just pencil him in for 9-15 the rest of the way? I don't know. Maybe that's what you would say.
0: You always say that he's Just like one hit, one walk, a home run every two games. Isn't that what you you would say? That he's just going to be himself now? Because he always is. No. What would you say? What would you expect? I w- well, yeah, I, w- I would say I expect him to
2: perform to his talent level, but that doesn't mean there won't be ebbs and flows. You were saying that because there was an ebb, there, well, be there, a flow. there just has to be flow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I felt about about uh, Anthony Rizzo. I don't feel that way about every hitter, but a guy like Rizzo, I, I did feel that way. Yeah,
2: Anthony Rizzo is really good.
0: Yeah, but, but can't we just expect that from every really good hitter, that when they have their ebb, they're going to flow?
1: I think it often works out that way. There's
0: a lot of, I mean,
1: we kind of, <laughs> we were kind of just saying the opposites happened for Aaron Judge and Co- and Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but I'm not saying that it had to happen. Oh, I am. It was very. It was. I don't know. I just, <laughs> and and maybe this isn't the most mathematically sound way of viewing it, but just based on observation, I. It, it's kind of amazing how players' numbers over the course of 162 games just kind of end up where they belong. Yeah, and you know, well, a, lot of, a lot of times that's if if they have a two month stretch where they start drastically on the wrong side of that, then a lot of times it's a two month stretch that makes up for it. Can Can
2: I ask you? Uh, all right. So, what do you expect for Anthony Rendon the rest of the way? He's got a 1,005 OPS. Uh, he's got like a 1,200 OPS since the end of April, something like that. Uh, but this is a guy who's been like a high 700s, low 800s kind of OPS guy for his career. So do you think he's going to be a 1,000 OPS guy moving forward because his talent level has improved? Do you think he's mm-hmm. going to be an 800 OPS guy because that's where his talent level has been yeah, before? I mean, or do you think he's going to be like a 500 OPS guy to balance that out? I think this is a
1: legitimate breakthrough for Rendon because all the peripherals support what he's doing. Walk mm-hmm. rate up, strikeout rate down, babbit, normal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Anthony Rendon is just, if not a 1,000 OPS guy, close to it. And he's, it, it's, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Rendon wouldn't Rizzo and Bellinger.
0: Right, R- Rendon wouldn't have applied to my Rizzo argument from a couple months ago. Because he's been or, okay, an enigma. Justin Smoke or Josh Donaldson the other way. Well, Donaldson, yeah. And I think the argument for you, Chris, to say you're wrong, Adam, would be Manny Machado. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Is he coming around? Maybe a little bit. But, you know, he's, he's got but my, not. But my but thing is I'm not hot. expecting Manny Machado to be uber man Manny Machado.
2: You and know, I kind I expect of am Manny
0: Machado to be Manny Machado. I, I kind of am expecting Manny Machado to be Uberman Manny Machado, but I've been expecting that for a while. you should trade whatever it costs to get. Him. I did, you know. Like, I did. What did you trade? It was a fairly even trade. It was right, but but that's
2: the thing is that using your logic, putting your logic into action. If we're going to give actionable advice to people who are listening, you should say, "Don't make a fair trade for Manny Machado." Overpay because he has to be better than Manny Machado in order to get his numbers to where. Like that's I, I what think you're, you're saying. taking it too literally. Yeah, yeah. But that's the argument that they're making.
1: No, I, I don't think so. It's the level of assurance you have with this expectation. I mean, you can you can have a a fleeting expectation of something that you don't necessarily want to act on to the degree you're talking about, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise you if it happens. Like the the fairest way to approach me. Man- like, I see Manny Machado. I know he's better than this. I think he's going to be better. What exactly that looks like, I'm not willing to get into the specifics of that. I just think he's going to be better and at worse. And, and my worst expectation of what better Manny Machado looks like is last year's Manny Machado. If it's even better than that, though, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. So,
0: Chris, I, I mean, I don't. Think so you're that's, saying you're hold on, but, hold on. I, I don't think what you just said about overpaying for Machado because I thought Machado was going to be awesome. Actually, that's like a terrible way to play fantasy. What what we were right, telling I people agree, was but to that's, was buy, but that's buy the low argument, on that you're making. No, no, the, the argument. is buy the low, argument, buy the low on Machado you're is because
2: no, you're saying there's a cause and effect here. You're saying because Manny Machado has not played like Manny Machado, he needs to play like a better version of Manny Machado. No. To get to Manny Machado. No, no. That is the argument that Wait, you're making. I
0: don't, I, you, first and of that all. And that you should expect that moreover. First of all, I'm confused. Secondly, <laughs> if you want to talk about it just from a fantasy perspective, you know, from a trade perspective, you buy low on Machado because you, you don't give up that. You don't overpay for a guy who's been slumping. You buy low on him because you expect him to but, bounce back. But hold on. I, and I, I think I expect when I made the trade, And I still feel this way. I expected Manny Machado to go on a tear. I've been wrong. It hasn't really happened. It might be happening now. He's starting to come around. I'd like to see some more home runs. But yeah, I expect him to go on a tear because I I can't imagine a season where Manny Machado doesn't have an extended. But hot that streak. happens all the time. I know exactly, and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm no, no, thinking no, but it I'm will happen. Guys have disappointing full season lines all the time. Oh, but I don't I don't think Machado is going to be that guy. I I'm going to oh, bet on. Oh, he definitely
2: him. is. There's no way he has a non disappointing end of season line this year.
0: Uh, okay, that's fine. But I still think from here on out he's going to perform be very Manny well. Manny Machado. Yeah, or, or probably better than Manny Machado. I think he's gonna go on his hot streak where he has like an 1100 OPS over 20 days. Something like that. I would say
2: there's just as good a chance of that as the opposite.
0: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, you look at a normal Manny Machado season, I would guess that there are, you know, at least two really hot stretches, and I'm, I'm waiting for that. But those
2: stretches, but your argument is that those stretches happen because a cold stretch happened before.
0: Yeah, kind of. I mean they happen because they haven't happened yet
2: you know you could so then look- you shouldn't buy low on Manny Machado because there's a chance you might not pay enough to get him if you think there that the cold streak begets a hot streak then you should take pay whatever the price you need but you don't have to or else you're not
0: giving actionable advice no you don't have to my actionable advice is I think Manny Machado is going to have a great stretch his owner might not so pay so buy low and rip off the owner that has machado that's my advice you don't always pay market value i mean that's not like a good way to play fantasy you buy low and you sell high like that's just evaluating a stock or a, or a player i i don't really get where you're coming from I just I'm just I'm I'm trying to take your your
2: argument to its logical conclusion. My if logical you conclusion
0: believe, is by low, by low. If you believe that a cold streak leads to a hot streak. No, that's not the way to put it. A cold streak does not lead to a hot streak. A hot streak will happen because it hasn't happened yet and he's one of the best hitters in baseball. That is the argument. You you know, twisting it to say a cold streak leads to a hot streak is not what I'm saying. That is not accurate.
1: Okay. Do you do you buy the 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 age-old idea that you know everything evens out. I mean, cuz
2: that's all Adam and I are. arguing. I think in the long run it does. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the just because he hasn't been hot yet means he will be hot moving forward. There are entire seasons that guys have throughout their careers where that just that just doesn't happen. Right. It it may not happen. Yeah. And so I'm well, saying I'm not that not. It, that what you, you should, should be expect terribly Manny, surprised if it did happen. I'm saying you should expect Manny Machado to be Manny Machado. You should expect Anthony Rizzo to be Anthony Rizzo absent new information like Anthony Rizzo, like you said, there is information that leads us to believe that Anthony Rizzo is a different player. There's information that leads us to believe that Josh Donaldson isn't the same guy he's been. So you shouldn't necessarily expect Josh Donaldson to be that guy. I'm saying you should you should acquire
0: you should trade for acquire players based on the talent level you think they have. Yeah, exactly. That's, moving forward, that's and that's what I feel about Machado. I don't think the talent level for Machado has gone down at all. So if I were acquiring, I don't either.
2: So I expect Manny Machado moving forward. Yeah. You expect better I ex- Manny. Machado. I
0: expect better Manny Machado. Yeah, I do because okay. I I think that's I think that's how it works with studs. Like you catch them. That's why you buy low. Because if worst case scenario, I get what you think, Manny. well, no, worst case scenario is he he underperforms. But maybe most, maybe Chris's most likely scenario: I trade for Manny Machado now. I get normal Manny Machado. I'm fine with that. But right, I, I, and I think you should trade for the most likely scenario. But I don't know that that's the most likely. Like I think players go in <laughs> ebbs and flows, Chris, and and he's I, going I to flow. We're getting, <laughs> I think we're getting stuck on this word "expect"
1: <laughs> because I don't know. I don't know that my expectations you are ever expect that one, specific. You for shouldn't anybody.
2: expect one thing. You should expect a range, right? That's that's exa- but the high end of the range and the low end of the range are both in there. It's not like Manny Machado, because he's hit the low end of his range so far, that doesn't mean he can't hit the low end of his range
0: at some point. Yeah, like, I don't know anything for a fact, Chris, but I personally am going to bet on Manny Machado, and I think that the high end of the range is coming. I know for a fact you're a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, real quick, Logan Morrison or Eric Thames?
2: Ugh, Lomo. I think. Uh... I think... (laughs) I feel not very excited about either of these fellas at this point. It, yeah, so, what's the answer,
0: guy? I think Eric Thames is a more talented player. Alright. Uh, and from Brian, real quick, Burrios or Castillo, rest of season? Burrios. Yeah, yeah, Barrios. Okay, we got a concerning stat about Jose Barrios. We'll get to that in a I'm second. Sure we do. Yeah, we got some big news for you. Luckily, it doesn't seem too serious for Max Scherzer, but we'll talk about that. Buffalo Wild Wings, look, whoever invented summer was obviously a sports fan. They didn't even try to hide it. They gave it playoff hockey, playoff basketball, the opening of both soccer and baseball. It's a clear display of favoritism and the other seasons didn't stand a chance. With 3 months of clutch playoff drama and the awakening of new seasons, It's clearly the work of a sports fan. They might as well have called it sports season. And at Buffalo Wild Wings, they do call it sports season. Don't ever call it summer. That's not what it is. It's sports season. They're just waiting on the legal change. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports. Max Scherzer left with neck spasms. So, you know, you see him saying, I can't go in the middle of a game. You get worried. I think we can be comforted It's not an arm injury. Yeah. Hooray. He he, he hit a dong. He did. That's it takes a lot out of you. He was he was gazing at it, hurt his neck. Uh yeah, imagine if he was in the home run derby. <laughs> Forget it. Johnny Quato has a mild flexor strain, no timetable. You That's might, a concern. You might not get Quato this year. Yep. You Darvish is going to start at the Mets on Friday. Sonny Gray is going to start at Cleveland on Thursday. Jordan Montgomery is going to stick in the rotation for one more start. They're going six man just temporarily. Uh Quite possible this will be the last start for Montgomery. Make it
1: count, Jordan. They should they should leave him in to throw 156 pitches. There you go. Like Mel Clark and Angels in the (laughs) outfield.
0: Dustin Pedroia on the DL. Boston GM Dave Dombrowski said they're going to have to monitor Pedroia's knee for the rest of his career. Jonathan Lucroy sat with a stomach illness. Billy Hamilton left with an ankle injury. Paul Molitor did not name a closer. Somebody just tweeted me Glenn Perkins. I don't even know I haven't heard a thing about him. Is I think he- he's coming. I think he might be a few weeks away. He might
2: be on his rehab assignment or about to go out. But I mean not yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, he's on his rehab assignment right now. Um
0: so I don't know. We've heard that a lot over the last 2 years. <laughs> um Austin Jackson's catch should be a home run. That's my last big news item and some milestones yesterday. Max Scherzer and John Lester hit their first Base, uh, first career homers, and Gerard Dyson stole his 200th base. And And this is from the AP. Dyson now has a successful steal rate of 85.1%, second in baseball history behind Carlos Beltran for players with a minimum of 225 attempts. Pretty cool. Hall of Famer, Carlos Beltran. Yeah, and Gerard Dyson, probably. Hopefully. Trade deadlines are coming up. If they haven't gotten here already, guys, do you have any final moves that you would recommend? Buys, sells for the trade deadline? I would still trade for Miguel Cabrera, and
2: I'm still – I'm trying to move Stephen Matz. He had a good start last night. Hopefully, he, I can turn him into something. He did?
1: Yeah. I don't know. that. I mean, it was better than you'd expect for Coors Field, but it was five innings, two strikeouts. I don't know that it, okay. I, I, know I thought was he was six, six innings. innings.
0: Yeah, five innings, three runs, two strikeouts yeah. at Colorado. Yeah,
1: Stephen Matz is
0: –
2: I think he's probably droppable already. Pretty
0: close to... Yeah, I, I think he's pretty close to
2: replacement level. Beat yeah. it! Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think, you know, it might be a good idea to make a play for, like, Chase Anderson, um, who was looking like a legit number two before getting hurt, and uh, should be coming back within the next couple weeks. I just feel like... It's been long enough without him, and it was such a a short time where we thought of him as anything worthwhile in fantasy that you may be able to get him for—
2: He <laughs> might not even be owned that highly. Well,
0: let's and, find uh, out. I,
1: I still think—I mean, Zach Godley is only 85% owner. I, sw- yeah, I swear this guy's an ace. I'm tired. I'm tired of people dismissing Zach Godley as less than what he is. Just look at the numbers, first of all. That should tell you something right there. And then when you factor in the fact he's top 10 in ground ball rate, top 10 in swinging strike rate, all Zach Godley, if if a pitcher's avoiding home runs and missing bats like that, all he can do to bring himself down is walk batters, and that's not really a problem for Godley. I think he's an ace, and I think he needs to be owned everywhere, and you can probably get him for less than he's worth in a trade.
0: Yep, I picked him up last week in a 14-team league. Unbelievable. With RP ability, mind you. Um, In a keeper league yesterday,
1: I just traded Jonathan Lucroy and um, oh, who's the other guy I traded? I just traded Jonathan Lucroy and Mitch Haniger for Zach Godley because I think Zach Godley is a better long-term option than either of those individually or both
0: combined. Hmm, interesting. Luke is Lucroy a free agent, or is he going to be with the Rockies yes. next year? Oh, he is. Okay, okay. Never mind. Uh, hey, let's, uh, let's get our Michael Jackson on. Alright, I got a few categories for you here. Oh, oh, wait, 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 one more trade, de- trade deadline thing. Would you try to buy low on Mike Fires thinking that people just, you know, no. th- think he's done now? Two bad starts in a row? I'm afraid
1: he's gone the way of Marco Estrada. I think they're very similar. That, uh, they can be, oh, they can be dominant when they are spotting their pitches perfectly, but it's hard to sustain that over a... Their margin for error is so, so slim. Right, that
2: 88-mile-per-hour fastball. Yeah. Like, you just, you can't miss. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, if you if you have overpowering stuff, you can miss your spot by six inches. If you have Mike Fire stuff,
0: you can't miss. Want to be starting something? I'm going to give you some players who are heating up right now. Is it the start of something? Or is it, you know, just a little hot streak? Albert Pujols, 6 for 9 in his last two games with three home runs and nine RBIs. 73% owned. Albert Pujols, starting something? I, no. I mean, he's like not even a top 30 start, first baseman in he's either so format. so over
2: And that's with 68 RBI.
0: He's, he's so over-owned.
2: 73%.
1: Yeah. His home, his home run pace has been decent all year, but he has a sub 700 OPS.
2: Yeah, I, he's just He's a, at this point, given how easy it is to find home runs, mm-hmm. 17 homers on August 2nd is nothing special. No. That's replaceable. There are second basemen who can give you that. Yeah,
0: and Pujols doesn't walk so, anymore. So. The
2: 68 RBI are what he gives you, but like, when you're talking about you need
0: thousands of RBI to win a category, I just, I don't think he helps you that much. Rugnet Odor, the number 13 second baseman in both points and roto, Rudnett Odor has in, has seven home runs in his last nine games. Yeah, baby. Is Ooh. this uh the start of something? That's really been going on for about a month now. I think things are evening out. Yeah, <laughs> they might be. He hit two sixty six in the month of July,
2: which is higher than his season-long on-base percentage. <laughs> 13 walks,
0: uh, well, 16 walks, 102 strikeouts for Odor this year.
1: I mean, I would like. I I would actually like to see some hits that aren't home runs. And he does have six during this same stretch that he has seven home runs. He has six non home runs, so he's pretty good. You know, if 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 you replaced all the home runs with outs, that wouldn't be a very good batting average. But I don't know that that's the fair way to look at it either. He's (laughs) been really hot, Rougned Odor, and I I think I I think it was inevitable that he was going to turn his season around to be a must start second baseman again.
0: Alex Bregman, since July 1st, Bregman has a 1033 OPS. He's batting three twenty four with four home runs, 11 walks, 12 strikeouts, and 11 doubles in 24 games. Um, is this the start of something for Alex Bregman?
1: Yes. I think so. And his production hasn't been just home runs. I, I, I think it—isn't it funny how, like, in 2017, home runs have become so ubiquitous mm-hmm. that— like it, it, it's almost like somebody applied a cheat code, and it doesn't really count as a hit. Like the only the only reason they got a hit out of it is because they well, hit it where nobody
2: could get. Well, and it's also like, for me, I look at it, and unless you're like truly like, there, everybody hits a baseline at home runs at this point. Like there are very few players who can't hit 15 home runs at this point. Yeah. So the replacement level has gotten so high. At home run that you start looking at the other things. And Alex Bregman does a lot of the other
0: things well right now. And I think so, okay. has
1: the profile to continue to do them well.
0: Bregman or Ahmed Rosario rest of season? Bregman. I would rather have Rosario. Bregman or another guy who's in the wannabe starting something category, Eduardo Nunez. He is 11 for 22 with two homers, two steals, Four doubles in five games with Boston. Whoa. And he has twenty steals in eighty-one games, so he is now on a forty steal pace. Bregman or Nunez? Bregman. Bregman. Bregman, okay. Um yeah. Manny Machado is batting three forty-three, but with a one hundred ISO since the All-Star Break. There's a lot of he's got seven doubles, so that's good. But uh no Homer since the All-Star Break. With 343 batting average. That's Machado. Josh Donaldson is 8 for 22 with 3 home runs, uh, in 7 strikeouts, unfortunately, in his last 6 games, and the K's have been a problem for Donaldson. Are Machado or Donaldson starting something? I think
1: Donaldson is, and, and Chris has brought Donaldson up as an example of, uh, a, a player who has underperformed, and, you know, based on the peripherals, it may be legitimate, the underperformance, but, I just, I'm not, I wasn't ready to go there that soon for a player who, who had been MVP caliber for, what, four straight seasons, especially the last two. Um, and I'm glad I did it because it seems like he's heating up now.
2: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying Josh Donaldson's through. I just think he's a diminished version of Josh Donaldson, but I think both will
0: be better than they have been so far. He and Machado. And finally, Carlos Santana, five home runs in his last nine games. <laughs> Red hot. What are you? What are you laughing at? <laughs> another
2: guy. Another Wait guy, a think second. Will be better than he has been so far because the peripherals are like he just had a fluky low home run total in the first half. You
0: do understand, Scott, that as we argued about Carlos Santana, I always agreed that the best was yet to come and that we were going to see better production from Santana. That was never the argument. Uh-huh
1: uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. That, no
0: oh, I, it's that you could check the tape, I remember saying it
1: <laughs> no 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 i I believe you i I believe you, and um I just think if that was the worst, Carlos Santana could be what we saw the first three and a half months, and he was still a top twenty first baseman in points leagues in this first base landscape, he's still a really good player, and I'm sure all the Carlos Santana owners are. Patting themselves on the back t- right now.
0: Yeah, but like he's helping me out in my roto league right now. You know, I, yeah. I always yeah. expect the walk to strikeout ratio to be great, but yeah. I'm killing it. It's
1: like he's the most difficult player to, you know, assign value to across formats. Probably the singular most difficult player. Starling Castro's up there too, uh, cause you know, he's, he's slanted more toward roto than, than points, but my, 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 The discussion about Santana always centered around points leagues to me. Right now, he's helpful in both, yes.
0: When he's going good, and and Santana is a slow starter and a second-half guy, he's absolutely going to help you out in categories leagues, no question. All right, so that's good. All right, next category, that was want to be starting something. Next category is asking him to change his ways. I'm looking at Carlos Martinez, and I'm asking him to change his ways because Carlos Martinez has a 540 ERA with 16 walks to 30 strikeouts over his last— Six starts, nine uh, percent swinging strikeout, uh, swinging strike rate. Giving up a lot of fly balls and home runs this season compared to years past. I'm asking Carlos Martinez to change his ways.
1: And no message could have been <laughs> oh. any clearer.
0: Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> this guy, this guy is a gospel I'd, singer.
1: I would like him to change his ways too. Um, and. It's interesting you point out the fly ball thing because, yeah, ground balls had always been a big part of his profile. Home run prevention an important thing. There had also been some walk issues recently. He had, I think, five in this start. Uh Yeah. Uh, but that's yeah.
2: always – he's always had below
1: average control. Yeah. It's been – One week? You know, six starts – last six starts were all kind of shaky. But yeah. he has – He's been having an issue in the first inning that the Cardinals are looking into for the year he has a 6.55 ERA in the first inning. Um I don't ultimately I don't think it's that big of a deal. I just think it's a rough patch for a pitcher who's who's going to struggle with control at times and who's still finding his
2: way. I will point out last year Carlos Martinez overperformed his uh peripherals by a little bit. He had a 3.04 ERA and a 3.61 FIP. He's got a 3.59 ERA right now.
0: If you are good at preventing home runs, uh, does that mean you would overperform your FIP? Well, the thing with Carlos Martinez
2: is he's never really shown an ability to to prevent home runs at a better pace than a typical pitcher. But but, his home run to fly ball rate in 2015 and 2016 was. Right around 10 to 11%. That's pretty much perfectly average. But just help me understand FIP. Would that factor in? Sure. If like Robbie Ray or Michael Pineda guys who tend to give up more hits in general and more home runs relative to their fly ball rate than your typical pitcher, yes, they will underperform their, their okay. fit.
0: Alright, so here, here are the four guys that I'm, I'm looking at in the mirror and I'm at, well not in the mirror. Well, I'm looking at them <laughs> at an angle in the mirror, so I am seeing them. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second.
1: Um, is that right about FIP? Because because FIP just FIP is just measuring strikeout strikeouts per nine, walks per nine, home runs per nine. Right? It's not yeah. taking
2: into account fly ball rate. Right. But you would expect most pitchers. The 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 general understanding or assumption for a lot of these, especially like X FIP and Sierra, is that most pitchers are going to give up home runs at roughly the same rate relative to their fly ball rate. And so if you overperform your home run to fly ball rate expectation, you'll have a better fit. But there, but FIP isn't even taking into account. No, it's taking into account just home run rate. But your home yeah. run rate would be
0: higher or lower if you have a specific skill in that regard. A particular set of skills. All right, so here are the four players that I'm asking to change their ways. Carlos Martinez, Jose Barrios, who only had six swinging strikes yesterday at the Padres and has a 7% swinging strike rate, which is bull in his last five starts. Jamison Tyone, oh, terrible. And Xander Bogarts, last 28 games, Xander Bogarts batting 170 with a four fifty nine OPS. He's a little banged up. Who is going to change their ways? Carlos Martinez, you guys say, will. Barrios, Tyone, Bogarts, will, will they change their ways? The one
1: who I have the most concern about uh, well, I mean, you have to have the most concern about Tyone just because the last two starts have been so ugly. He's allowed 40% of his
2: season runs in the last
1: two starts. Yeah.
2: And I think...
1: I don't know. He's he's a difficult pitcher to figure out because I want him to strike out more hitters than he does, but at the same time, the BABIP was kind of high even before this stretch.
2: 368 now.
1: Yeah, I, I think... I think it's a reminder that Tyone is still kind of... Fringy in mixed leagues. And that's fine. I mean, you're going to, you know, you, you're you going to want to play matchups with him You're not going to want to start them every single week. Uh, so that's really my takeaway from that. I do worry about Barrios, some, you know, the, the lack of dominance we've seen from him lately. But, you know, looking through the game log to see if it's maybe like one particular pitch that he's started throwing more or less than he was before, or maybe that pitch has lost some effectiveness and th- nothing really stood out. Along those lines. So. I take from it that. Either. He's a rookie who's just kind of wearing down in August. Or. It's nothing.
2: I The one thing I do. Look at with both Tyone and Barrios is. You know the scouting report on both of these guys coming out was that. You know they don't necessarily have ace level stuff. Um. And Tyone, I think that Tyone
0: and Barrios, you said.
2: Yeah, Barrios doesn't have ace level stuff. I mean, that was the scouting report. Really, and that's interesting. I think I, that I, shows I think up. In, a, I, in I know
1: a, some. It. It. I don't think that was a universally sure. believed scouting report. Universally sure. shared scouting report.
2: Um, but he like compared to like you look at like Lucas Giolito and Jim and um. He doesn't throw ninety eight. Right, and he was, but he and he was a guy who there were some concerns. Maybe not everyone, but some people had concerns. And Tyone actually does throw hard. He throws harder than Brios. Um, yeah. But looking at both of them, you know, neither one of them gets a ton of swinging strikes, and that's not necessarily a, a death knell. But you have to be really good uh at getting called strikes and avoiding hard contact, and you know, it just it it potentially lowers your your ceiling.
0: All right, and finally, beat it. Are you willing to drop any of these three guys? Dylan Bundy coming off a really good start, Ian Happ coming off a home run, and Alex Claudio coming off another non-save appearance. I was willing to drop Dylan Bundy before this one start's
2: not going to change my mind. Um, but I guess if you hadn't dropped him before this, it would be kind of weird to do it after he had a good start.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you, I mean that's the thing—he's overowned. I understand if you have Bundy because he's your relief pitcher, but he's 85% owned. He had a 593 ERA in June. He had an 841 ERA in July. His peripherals stink. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why he's 85% owned. Ian, yeah. Ian Happ, uh, you know, just doesn't play regularly now. He's been a little streaky, so maybe he'll come out of this funk. But before this home run... 222 with one home run since the All-Star break. It's been really surprising how much, even when things were
2: going well, he struck out in the majors because that wasn't a big concern for him coming up. And he's got a 29% strikeout rate. Um, Would you so beat he, it
0: or no? Would you drop him? Sure. Yep. Beat it. And Claudio? Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, who would you guess gets the Rangers' next save opportunity? I, I had no idea. I think eventually it'll be Keoni Kella. He
0: picks but the But I seventh. don't know
1: that he's ready. Like, there's been no evidence that he's going to get that next chance.
0: Yeah, I have so, no idea.
1: In leagues where everyone who gets saves is owned, I think Claudio still needs to be among them. Now, there are a lot of highly available closers that I'd prioritize over him, like Blake Trinan, probably Erodis Viscaino, who we haven't actually seen get... Uh, a save in place of Jim Johnson yet yeah, But he's the obvious guy in Atlanta Shane Green, we saw him get his first save I'd rather have him than Claudio
0: Alright guys, there is a lot from yesterday That we're not going to be able to get to Unfortunately, including Joey Gallo's double dong day John Lester and Carlos Carrasco Struggling I'm pretty much done with CeCe Sabathia You just had to get me started On Anthony Rizzo, didn't you? Yeah, and, and, and Manny Machado, apparently. But let's finish off with today's matchups and some grade to trade. All right, Jordan Zimmerman at Tanaka.
2: I'm definitely starting Tanaka.
0: Jay Happ and Derek Holland. Would you start Happ?
2: I'm okay with starting Happ.
1: Yeah, I am too.
0: Would you start Irvin Santana and or Luis Perdomo?
1: Santana, but not Perdomo.
0: Yep. Robert Stevenson, Trevor Williams. Neither. Yeah. Jason Vargas, Jeremy Hellickson, Kansas City at Baltimore. Vargas at Hellickson.
2: Well, I'll go Vargas.
1: I'll go Vargas. Yeah,
2: he's he's perfectly fine, but don't be surprised if he gets absolutely shelled by the Orioles. Trevor Bauer at Rick Porcello. I'd prefer to start neither.
1: Yeah, I mean— Porcello, I think, is really difficult to start in any categories-based format now because he just gives up so many hits, and it's been consistent all year. The whip's going to be high, even when he pitches well.
0: How about Vance Worley hosting A.J. Cole, Nationals at Marlins? Cole and Worley. I don't want either. Yeah. Brock Stewart at Julio Tehran.
1: I don't think I want to start either. I mean, Stewart... Probably goes without saying, but yeah. Tehran yeah. against the Dodgers after he just got shelled by yeah.
2: in his last start. I forget who was against the yeah. Tehran's just a matchups guy right now, and the Dodgers are one of the worst matchups you can have. Zach Godley and Jake Arietta Well, we know yeah. Zach Godley yeah. is definitely starting. Zach Godley. Ariane, yeah, you're and starting, starting I think both. you're starting both. Yeah. Yeah. Ariel Miranda.
0: That- Ariel Miranda. Andrew Kashner. I will start neither. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Neither. Luke Weaver and Brent Suter.
1: I'm gonna say neither. I know suter has been pretty good, but don't totally trust him. Da- I wish Luke we- Weaver was a closer.
2: Luke Weaver. Oh, I believe through the you can get me through the nine.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. we've got Austin Pruitt We're for the Rays, Dallas Keuchel for the eight, for the Strohs. More like Austin Blewett, Dallas Keichel for sure. Yeah. And we're not going to start flexing or chatwood <laughs> in cores. We're not going to start Jake Thompson or Jose Ramirez, this are is we? Awful night for starting pitching. And we're not going to start Daniel Gossett. Are we going to start Matt Moore at our home against the A's? If you are absolutely desperate,
2: that is one of the best matchups Matt Moore is ever going to have.
0: But he's bad. <laughs> then let's read some emails and grade some trades. Jack from Los Angeles. Give up Jimmy James Nelson. Get Verlander and Lewis Brinson.
2: I still have Verlander ranked a little bit ahead of Jimmy Nelson, so I guess I have to give this a B-. minus. This is making me want to move Nelson ahead of Verlander.
1: I think Brinson's a complete throw, and we're taking him out of the yeah. equation. It's It's Verlander versus Nelson here. I know I have Verlander ranked ahead. I know he's been better lately. I just have no real concerns over Jimmy Nelson. I think it's a toss-up. Like, I, th- I think that's pretty much a coin flip. I'm going to – okay, we'll give it a C.
0: Okay, then. Uh, and also, Adam, you mentioned you like sprinkles on ice cream, but are they rainbow or chocolate? And are sprinkles better on ice cream or on donuts? They are clearly rainbow. I actually don't really like chocolate sprinkles. And I would say the sprinkles are better on ice cream slightly ahead of donuts. That is an excellent question. From, yep. from, I
1: agree uh, with both of those takes.
0: Yeah, thank you. From Kenwal trade Matt Carpenter, get Dallas Keichel, points league.
1: Love it. I'll uh, give it a B, a, C plus. a minus.
0: A, C plus. Yeah, a minus B plus. All right, C plus for Chris. Uh, Brian <laughs> in New Jersey, give up Devers and Hamels in a roto league. Devers and Hamels get Alex Wood. Yeah, if it's non-keeper, I think this is great. I uh, think that's a B plus. Yep. Nice. From Peter, roto league, ten teams. Should I drop Carlos Gonzalez and add Derek Fisher? <sighs>
2: In ten team, maybe, yeah. Just because it's you're not you're probably not going to miss Carlos Gonzalez. I still think there's a chance he goes on a tear, but I'm not expecting it. Okay, yeah. I'm no. I I think I'm willing to rank Fisher ahead of Cargo.
1: So, I would do that
0: from that ten team categories league. Give Ryan Zimmerman or Miguel Sano. Who do you guys like better?
2: Zimmerman. I'd rather. <laughs> in
0: categories, I guess I'd rather give up Snow Alright, so give up Snow, get Salvador Perez I have Vado at first, I need a catcher Give up Snow, get Perez get It fly. really
1: sounded like you said Snow
2: there As opposed to Snow
0: Informer. <laughs> is that what you meant? Uh, B plus You know you're going to get Salvador Perez I'll give you a B plus <laughs> This is from Bill in California Conforto or Cordy Dickerson? Conforto Dickerson Ooh. that's ah, sorry. Phil from Chicago. 10-team Dynasty Points League. Give up Jake Lamb. Get Elvis Andrews.
2: I think that's perfectly fine. I think that is that is a C. Does the Dynasty change
1: things at all? Like, do we expect Elvis Andrews to be this again next year?
2: I... This might be a dumb question, but is Elvis Andrews older than... Jake Lamb? I think a little bit. I think he's like 27. Okay, Elvis Andrews is almost 29, and Jake Lamb's almost 27. So the gap is not as big as uh My I day. think most people would think, because yeah. Elvis Andrews has been around
0: forever. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Give me a trade. Give me a grade. Give um, up Lamb, get Andrews. I'll give it a C. I said C. And Auburn, grade the trade. Give up. Ready? You Darvish, Ryan Braun, and Sean Minaya. Darvish, Braun, and Mania. Get Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Stroman, and Alex Bregman. It's a dynasty league. Give up Darvish, Braun, oh. Mania. Get Carrasco, Stroman, Bregman. In a dynasty league, it's probably a B,
2: and yearly, it's probably a C.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. In, in yearly, I might actually prefer the the uh, the Darvish Braun Mania side. But, when you, you know, you add the fact that in a Dynasty League you're swapping out Braun for Strowman, I think that clearly puts it over the top there. So in a Dynasty League, I take it, I'll give it a B.
0: Back tomorrow with some Buy or Sell. See ya.